Hang on there one second. Let's go ahead and take a minute to pay the bills. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places that you like to listen to podcasts? Where do I find advertisers? The answer to every single one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. So if you're always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. The following podcast has not been rated. Listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fapt. And here's your host, CJ Newman. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fapt. solo podcast this week i'm going to go ahead and just start and kick things off um we're going to go ahead and take a look at the situation that happened earlier tonight and this tonight is monday uh, just peeling back the curtain is when i'm recording this right now it's about 11:50 at night so um kellen winslow the second uh was brought into court a couple months ago and he was charged with 12 different counts of uh criminal offenses and they're all involving uh sexual nature so four of the 12 charges have officially been uh reached as far as a verdict is concerned um the first and the major one that was uh found Earlier today was a guilty charge on uh, Kellen Winslow for the raping of a 58-year-old homeless woman. You can't make this shit up, I swear. And then, irony, um, well, coincidence, I should say. Guilty of indecent exposure in a case involving another 58-year-old woman. So, the same age. Uh, How many, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Uh, he's guilty of lewd conduct involving an elderly woman with whom he shared a health club hot tub in 2019. What the fuck? This guy is going after elderly women. What is wrong with this man? I I don't get it. Uh, he was not guilty though of account of lewd conduct involving, uh, the fifth person who was attempting to um get some sort of monetary value off of him or justice at the very least so 
those were the four charges that were found earlier. Uh, it appears that there is a deadlock going on with the other eight charges, but regardless, it sounds like uh, Kellen Winslow is looking at 15 years to life right now. And if he truly did do this, then this son of a bitch should rot in jail. That's it's ridiculous. He's he's trying to exploit older women. And the guy's not a bad looking dude. I, I don't understand. And he's made quite a few millions of dollars over the years. So he can attract anybody that he wants to. Why is he trying to prey upon these older people that have no defense of themselves, at least against a former NFL fucking tight end? That's ridiculous. I don't understand why he would go after these women, what he's thinking uh, he's going to accomplish. The The quality can't be that great. I don't understand what he's thinking in his pursuit of older women. I mean, I've heard of cougars, but God damn, this is the elderly home. This is, oof. And a fucking homeless person. What the hell? You just run into somebody on the street. You're like, Oh yeah, old woman, you're going to get it. No, that's fucking gross. What the fuck? What is wrong with this guy? I don't know how many times I'm going to say that in the next 20 minutes, but, um, So he was convicted of rape on at least one charge. So the other eight charges can be uh, held up at a different date, it sounds like. But for now, he's he's definitely got four that are being held against him. And he's going to be going away for a very long time, if not for life. So Kellen Winslow II, if you truly did do these nasty-ass things, then I hope you fucking rot. So, moving on, what you need to know next is out in the New York Jets territory, it looks like there is a new general manager out there. They uh, recently hired on Friday Joe Douglas, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, as the vice president of uh, player personnel. So, um, Mr. Douglas has been signed to a six-year contract to serve as the Jets general manager, replacing Mike McCagnan. And uh, let's just go over his resume a little bit. The guy came out of the University of Richmond. Um, He's a three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, the first being with the Baltimore Ravens uh, back in the year 2000. So he started with the Baltimore Ravens as a uh, personnel department uh, staff member in 2000. He worked there up until 2014, where he was promoted to the director of college scouting for the Chicago Bears. He was there for a cup of coffee for a year, and then he spent the last four years with the Philadelphia Eagles doing his uh, vice president gig. So it seems like the guy is qualified. He has experience with scouting uh, at many different levels. He was actually on our team when we scouted and uh, specifically drafted C.J. Mosley. And now that he's being reunited with him, I'm wondering what uh, is all going to happen. So the New York Jets appear to have on the surface actually done a competent move. And if the reports uh, are true, then it sounds like Adam Gase is going to be getting along just fine with this guy because these two actually used to work together out in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, a general manager isn't going to be hired unless the coach likes him. At least if, if you fire a general manager, 
you typically got the coach in the owner's ear saying, hire somebody I like, hire somebody I like, hire somebody I like. And it's just the opposite too. When you retain a general manager, but you fire a coach, the general manager is in somebody's ear, in the owner's ear saying, hire somebody I like, hire somebody I like, hire somebody I like. It's it's just so that they can be on the same page. It's so that if one gets fired and then both get fired, um, they're not going to throw each other under the bus, that kind of thing. So it's really um, just Adam Gase looking out for himself and trying to get some stability to a franchise that hasn't seen stability in quite a few years. It's been quite a few years since they made it to the playoffs. The last time they were in the playoffs was, if I'm not mistaken, 2011. They were uh, up against the AFC champions in the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and they lost the AFC championship round, and they haven't been back to the playoffs ever since. So it's... It's going to be interesting to see what the future holds for the New York Jets, especially with their franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold, being there. Josh McCown has resigned, and he's sort of a leader and a coach when it comes to um, Sam Darnold's development. So what's going to happen on that team as far as the quarterback situation is concerned? In the offseason, they picked up C.J. Mosley, as I mentioned earlier. They signed him to a lucrative contract, one that the Baltimore Ravens could never match. Um little disappointed that CJ didn't stay in Baltimore, but I understand the, the dime stops somewhere and you got to go where the money is. I've been there. I know what that's like. Um, unfortunately, uh, sometimes you alienate a, a certain fan base. Um, but as a fan of the NFL and a, a fan of NFL players, I completely understand why I mostly had to do it. Uh, speaking of business decisions, um, they also had picked up Le'Veon Bell in the offseason. So that was a business decision that they had to make. And that was a business decision that Le'Veon Bell definitely made for himself so that he could pick up a huge chunk of change, comparatively speaking. And uh, it looks like Adam Gase is not happy about that contract. And that may be one of the reasons why Mike McCagnin was fired in the first place. So thinking about that, is there going to be any animosity on the team as far as Le'Veon Bell is concerned, is there going to be any animosity from Le'Veon? Is there going to be any from Adam Gase? Are those two going to go at it? Are they going to butt heads? Uh, Le'Veon Bell did not report for OTAs, the uh, voluntary part of the offseason. I'm pretty sure for the past couple of years he hasn't. But it's one of those things where you're and on a new team, you want to get kick, clicking with the offense right away. You want to get clicking with your team. So... It's just one of those things like I, I completely understand it as voluntary, but at the same time, you probably want to be there with your team. You, you want to seem like a team player. And plus, there's got to be a workout bonus that he gets or something like that. Come on now. Show up for the OTAs, man. Um, so this was a move that the New York Jets made in the in their offseason, getting uh, Joe Douglas a six-year contract. The terms of money will probably never be disclosed because typically coaches and uh, general managers never get the money disclosed. But I imagine it was a pretty lucrative deal from what I'm hearing. It was uh, they had to double the salary because they originally lowballed an offer. So they had to double the offer in which they offered Joe Douglas in order to get him to sign. So 
that may have uh, screwed up things with the Jets. Thinking about this, man, the Bucks got to stop somewhere with the Jets because Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, is currently overseas right now uh, as a ambassador for President Donald Trump. So what's going to happen when Woody Johnson gets back eventually? Because he's got to come back. Right now, Chris is running the team, Chris Johnson, his, his brother. So... Until then, Chris is at the show, but when Woody comes back, if there's still 3-11 and records going on, he's going to be mighty pissed, and he's going to start firing people left and right. He's not just going to uh, fire one person. He's going to fire a whole fucking plethora. So they've got probably, let's see, the term ends for Trump next year, 2020. They've got one season to... Uh, get things right because when what do you actually returns it's going to be interesting to see what is going on so with a new coach with a new general manager the new york jets have definitely got some ground to cover the patriots are owning that division there's there's no doubt about it as much as i can't stand them and as much as i think that the whole franchise is a cheat it's just a fact that the new york new england patriots are going to own that division unless somebody comes up and punches them in the mouth and I'm not seeing that team right now there's not really too many uh, weapons at wide receiver for the New York Jets so they got a great running back in Le'Veon Bell um, they don't have a tight end that I can remember at least off the top of my head so um, defense is actually starting to look pretty good they signed some key players in the offseason CJ Mosley being one of them being probably one of the most prolific but uh, they have some edge rushers. They've got good corners, um, safety tandem. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that defense stands up. So that is what happened in New York. A little bit of troubling news coming out of Houston. Uh, it sounds like they're looking for a new general manager after Brian Gain was released from his contract over the weekend uh, on Friday night, actually, around the same time that it was announced that the New York Jets signed their general manager. So one team fills their void and the other team creates a void. It sounds like the Texans are looking to go in a different direction, even after only going 17 months with Brian Gain at the helm. This was a uh, hire by... Uh, Brian, uh, that should have stuck. Uh, it was somebody that he thought he could get along with, but apparently um, the coach did not get along with this general manager very well. So he's on the outs again, and it sounds like this is the second general manager in a row that the coach has not gotten along with. And uh, at what point do you think maybe it's an issue with the coach? who has issues with uh, getting along with people in general. I mean, how many people have to be fired in order to say, hey, it, it, the problem might be you, dude. What What's going on here? So another person goes, and after only one draft, two drafts, I'm sorry, it sounds like uh, the Houston Texans are going to interview, uh, who did I see here, Nick Casario uh, for, uh, from the New England Patriots. He... Uh, he spent the past 18 years with the team and including the uh, past decade as the team's director of uh, player personnel. So 
uh, Coach Bill O'Brien was with the team in 2007 to 2011, the New England Patriots, that is. And it sounds like these two have crossed paths before, uh, just like Brian Gain, though. So hopefully this time Bill O'Brien either gets what he wants and is able to uh, get along in a relationship with Nick Casario, if that's who they choose, or he ultimately falls flat on his face and they out him in Houston because fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. I can't be fooled again, but um, it's going to be signing up for a third time here. Uh, as far as a third general manager. No, I, I think that the coach is on a short leash right now. Honestly, he hasn't gotten too far into the playoffs as far as uh, his reputation is concerned. So I don't think he's earned the stripes to be able to go through three general managers in just a couple of years. So with that said, I think that uh, they're going to have to really hunker down this time and try to get the guy that they want uh, to come in. And who's to say that the general manager is even going to have full authority over this team? It sounds like Bill O'Brien's making a power play at this, and he wants to be the guy who has the final say over the roster, the final say over contract disputes, final say over player disputes and uh, player personnel. So it sounds like... uh, Bill O'Brien is trying to make that move and try to gear towards being autonomous and being the guy that everybody goes to for every situation, kind of like the, uh, I don't know, Bill Belichick of the situation, you know? So he wants to be just like his mentor, um, like the guy that he used to uh, be under in New England. So what's going to happen in the next couple weeks? It's... It's interesting that the only name that I've seen has been Nick Casario for this position. Then again, it's only been since Friday, so there hasn't really been too many tires kicked. But uh, hopefully they get their team a new general manager soon, because I hate to see a team without a general manager going into the preseason. That would really suck, especially if you have to trim your roster down. You're going to leave your coach to do that for you? I mean, (laughs) if he's left to his devices, of course he's going to do it, but... I would trust a general manager to make that move uh, as opposed to the coach. I mean, everybody's going to have their say-so, of course, but at the same time, you want a guy with some experience to come in and start running the team. And uh, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. So um, the Texans have a pretty good roster on their hands, and I think that the general manager coming in is going to be – supporting a good team uh, but the only question as i keep going back to is whether or not you're gonna have a good relationship with bill o'brien the the team is pretty solid uh they've got really good weapons they've got uh pretty good um running backs Mm, pretty damn good quarterback i like deshaun watson i think he's one of the better scrambling quarterbacks in the league so um Defense is pretty stacked. Uh, The corners are kind of lacking a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, The Jonathan Joseph's getting kind of up there in age, and he's not as explosive as he used to be. So what can they do this offseason to get better? Um, I haven't really looked into it too much, but um, they hit on the draft as far as their offensive line is concerned that was probably one of the things that was really struggling for them they needed uh to get offensive line help and they took that in the first round so you're going to protect deshaun watson for a little while longer so he doesn't have to scramble outside of the pocket and throw a ball down the field or start taking off it's uh 
going to be nice for Deshaun Watson for a change to have a little bit of time to think in the pocket. So hopefully that pocket stands up as opposed to last year and the year before when they uh, traded their uh, main left tackle to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for uh, like a box of jock straps or something silly like that. It, it was just stupid. I wouldn't have made that move. I would have kept my franchise left tackle, especially with a franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson. But hey, it's sour grapes at this point. And I'm not even a Texans fan, so I don't give a shit. Speaking of which, shout out to my main man, MSN, Michael Skolanesh, out in uh, Houston area. Wish you well, bud, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Next, we go to Carolina, where Cam Newton is back in the news, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, This offseason, he had a bit of a surgery to repair some scar tissue, to remove some scar tissue, I should say, from his shoulder. And it sounds like uh, he's doing well, and uh, he's going to be... Oh, Jesus Christ. He's going to be live streaming his throwing motions at minicamp. Okay. So... According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, uh, Cam Newton has had major changes to his throwing motion this offseason. It's uh, apparently it's gotten better. I mean, I didn't really see too many problems with his mechanics in the past, but uh, he, he must have some game changing throwing motion now that he wants to show the world. Um, I'm not sure if this is a publicity stunt or what he gets out of this at all. But uh, he's not even going to be throwing to live targets. He's not throwing to the receivers. He's not throwing to running backs or anything. He's going to be throwing to stationary items, to uh, targets, because he's not cleared for practice yet. He's going to be in a red shirt, and he's going to be on the sidelines throwing to different targets, not even on the field. So I don't get the whole point of this. And it's it's ridiculous. I, I not quite understanding why he needs to do this at this point or feels compelled to it's it's got to be used for his ego this this guy really does have an ego that is out his asshole so good for him uh for getting back into good shape enough to uh be able to throw and to have game-changing uh throwing motions to be able to show for this offseason but uh i personally will not be watching the live stream whenever that is uh good luck to you cam in this season to come uh i've always rooted for you but this is just stupid man i it it's unnecessary next let's go to indianapolis where the colts are going to be without their quarterback for mandatory minicamp it sounds like uh, andrew luck has got some issues once again uh, as far as injuries are concerned this time he's got a calf strain so Head coach Frank Reich is going to be uh, holding them out for uh, mandatory minicamp and hopefully not into training camp because this guy has missed the past two off seasons in concerns of uh, his right shoulder injury that he had that uh, that plagued him and he had to get surgery on and ultimately he missed out on the whole 2017 season. So with that said, where where do the Colts go at this point? This 
they got Andrew Luck under contract for a couple more years. Do you, do you think that the injury concerns are really something that you need to consider at this point? Uh, the guy has proven that he's not very durable, not very pliable. Um, he's reminding me a lot of Carson Wentz at this point, who more on in a couple minutes, but um, he's, he's pretty injury prone. It sounds like so the best ability is availability in the NFL. If you're not available, then you're not helping your team. And Andrew Luck hasn't been available uh, for a good chunk of the time here. I mean, he made it all last season and he made it to the playoffs and he was able to win a playoff game. Granted, it's happened. But once again, he's on the shelf. He's not able to participate in a mandatory session. So it makes you think, what is the team thinking? What is Frank Reich, the head coach, thinking? What are they going to do with their quarterback situation in the future? Jacob, uh, Jacoby Brissett, set i always want to call him jacob brisket for some reason but um jacoby Brissett is in the final year of his contract it's not a bad quarterback uh behind andrew luck so it makes you think what are they going to do with that backup quarterback situation too are they going to try to extend a uh, hand out there to jacoby Brissett and say hey come on back Uh, maybe there's a spot for you in the starter maybe we could trade andrew luck uh, you know, because he's got a bit of an injury concern. Maybe this is your team. I don't know. I'm just spitballing at this point. I don't think the team's going to get rid of Andrew Luck. I think they're uh, the Colts have been pretty snake bit in recent years as far as injuries to their quarterback. I mean, look at Peyton Manning with the situation with his neck, Andrew Luck with the situation with his shoulder, and they've they've had shit luck as far as quarterbacks are concerned but uh, when the quarterbacks have been on the field they've been pretty damn good so let's see what the indianapolis colts have in them this season let's see if they can return to the playoffs i am penciling them in right now as a wild card team i'm gonna go ahead and say that i think that uh, they're gonna make it i don't think they're gonna win the division i think that's gonna go to the houston texans um or even the jacksonville jaguars i'm not sure at this point but uh, I'm going to say that the Colts are going to make it into the playoffs again. Hell, maybe they'll have a return match from last year where they had uh, the Houston Texans in the playoffs. And uh, maybe this time it'll go the other direction. Who knows? The Philadelphia Eagles have re-signed Carson Wentz and uh, extended his contract. So the rookie deal is going to be closing soon. He's going to be getting new money. Uh, Big signing bonus from what I'm hearing, from what I'm reading. He got the most guaranteed money in NFL history, from what I'm reading as well. He may not have the largest salary, but uh, he's he's got life-changing money here. So if you're Carson Wentz and it's come time to talk contract, what are you going to do, man? Are you going to hold out? Are you going to do another year and say, I'm going to bet on myself? Hell no, especially if you're Carson Wentz. Jesus. I remember when Joe Flacco bet on himself. He did that a couple years ago in the 2012 season, and he won the Super Bowl, and he became the highest-paid NFL quarterback, which... Oh, boy. Started all of this crap of, uh, I got to be the highest-paid NFL quarterback, you know? So, uh... That was a bet that Flacco could have easily lost, but he pulled something out of his asshole and just won throughout the playoffs and had one of the, if not the best performances in NFL history as far as the playoffs are concerned, uh, with 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions throughout the playoffs, starting in the wildcard round. But um, Carson Wentz, on the other hand, is not the same. He is a guy who hasn't played a single playoff game 
keep in mind that Nick Foles has played all the playoff games for the Philadelphia Eagles for the past two seasons. So with that said, if you were Carson Wentz and it's time to talk about your contract, you're going to take one of the first offers that come on the table, especially if it's this life-changing money. It's a fair offer. It gives a bit of a guarantee to Carson Wentz. It puts them over a barrel a little bit. It shifts the injury concern back to Philadelphia. So Carson Wentz doesn't have to worry about that, and he uh, can be guaranteed his money if he's still on the roster uh, for his four-year contract. And he's going to be making a damn bit of coin to do that. So it makes sense for Carson Wentz to say, I'll take the bird in hand at this point. I'm not going to bet on myself. Him in particular, I would not bet on him because he can get injured in this offseason. He can get injured in December again. And uh, you, you really don't know when it comes to uh, Carson Wentz's health. So it's it's best that he took the money and ran. I, I'm not sure if I was Philadelphia, I would offer it to him. I would have probably lowballed him, to be honest with you, and gave him something not insulting, but uh, something along the lines of like a Derek Carr contract or something like that. But uh, I, I would have definitely tried to get him a little cheaper than they did. Maybe they did try. Maybe they went through full-blown negotiations. I don't know. But uh, Philadelphia Eagles have got their franchise quarterback, it sounds like, especially since they let Nick Foles walk away from the deal. Well, they didn't necessarily want to walk away from the deal. Listen to this shit. So the Philadelphia Eagles had a two-year contract. A three, um, was it? Yeah, it was a two-year contract on Nick Foles, and there was an option year that they invoked. So um, the way that the option worked was it was a $20 million uh, salary for Nick Foles. So what could happen at that point was Nick Foles could opt out of the option by paying the team back $2 million. So to buy his freedom, he had to pay $2 million, and he made it back onto the market where he got a pretty decent deal for Jacksonville. So with that said, the main quarterback right now on the roster is Carson Wentz. It's, he's the undisputed leader. He's the undisputed uh, starting quarterback. There's nobody behind him other than Nate Sudfeld and some other quarterback that they drafted this offseason who's going to uh, try to take the throne from him. And honestly, those guys aren't qualified. Nate Sudfeld, I haven't even seen what he can do. I, I haven't watched his preseason game. I don't, I don't think this guy is very good, to be honest with you. I think there are other backup quarterbacks that they should be concerned with as far as getting them onto the team and trying them out. Because, you know, you're going to need somebody in December if Carson Wentz is still your starting quarterback. Let's go back to New York. Remember that thing that I was talking about a couple weeks ago about the Giants? How they fucking drafted the quarterback, number six, who sucks. Do you remember that? Well, head coach Pat Shermer of the Giants has stated that there will be a open competition for the quarterback position out in the New York area. So Eli Manning and Daniel Jones are going to be competing and, quote, 
we're going to play the very best player. I know we're dancing around the words here, but right now Eli is getting ready to have a great year and Daniel is getting ready to play. We'll just see what happens. So obviously they have seen enough in training camp to be able to say Eli Manning's time has come. It is time to put Daniel Jones on the field and see what he can do. So with that said, they have their starting quarterback is getting old so it's time for the guy that they drafted to supplant him if he's able to i still think that this is a third round quarterback who got drafted number six overall because they're fucking dumbasses and i'm not sure why and i don't care but this is going to this is gonna be a shit show in new york i know it because eli's gonna be throwing interceptions but Daniel Jones just may throw interceptions plus one. I don't know, but I can tell you that it's going to be a potpourri pathetic out in New York, and I'm not looking forward to that shit show. It may cause a shit storm that brews here in Maryland, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to get that stank on us. So New York, keep that shit to yourselves. Uh, go spread it over to Buffalo. They might enjoy the shit show there. With that said, I'm going to wrap it up this week. I've covered quite a bit here, so I'm going to go ahead and call it in the can. Uh, Thank you guys very much for listening. I really appreciate you guys. Keep uh, listening to The Fapt. Like it. Subscribe it. Share it. Tell all your friends. Give us a rating. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes. Would really appreciate that. I saw that somebody gave us our first uh, one-star rating the other day. You fuckers. Whoever you are, suck a dick, go to hell. Uh, I don't have time for that. I'm not a one-star podcast. My other ratings have been five stars. Thank you very much. So um, I'll just take that with a grain of salt. With that said, I think that you guys will give me a better rating than whoever that troll-ass clown was. But uh, nonetheless, it's... This podcast is still rolling. This podcast is still alive. I'm going to keep going as soon as uh, as long as I possibly can with this podcast. And uh, we'll try to get a guest on next week and we'll see what happens from there. Uh, See if I can get Chad to wake up from the dead and do a podcast with me. I'm going over his house on Friday. Maybe I can do a recording with him and we can talk a little Ravens, talk a little NFL, talk a little AFC North. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to The Fat, and y'all enjoy your week.